the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, but uh, Andy No, NGO, is one of them. I, I, I'm sure you're a little embarrassed that you probably don't even know what to do with it, but I just want you to know how how highly I esteem you. Dennis, thank you so much for those words. It really does mean a lot. Good. I hope it does. Andy No uh, has been in Portland for how long have you been in, in Portland? The last time that I relocated back there was in 2009. So I've been there throughout from before, during, and uh, I guess after the the growth of this American phenomenon known as Antifa. So Andy No, as uh, some of you may know, is beaten up by Antifa thugs, and he has written now a book coming out tomorrow inside Antifa's radical plan to destroy democracy. And uh, I hope every one of you will buy it because it's it's important to read and it is important to enable this man who had literally, literally had to flee the United States for his life. He is now in Britain and I'm speaking to him from there. Or I should say, he is speaking to me from there. Why did you uh, flee the United States? Ever since I was beaten on the streets of Portland by Antifa in the summer of 2019, um, my life has come under increasing threats by these extremists who left me with a brain hemorrhage but uh, did not succeed in killing me. Um, All these death threats over... The year and a half have been reported to police. They've showed up to my home before, and nothing happened. And I just think that, um, but the breakdown in the rule of law is just not, it's not just unique to Portland. I think we're seeing that in a lot of urban areas. And given the uh, ratcheting up of what they've been doing uh, in recent months, um, I've really been on borrowed time. So... Um, there was some other stuff that happened, which I can't go into detail yet, but um, it just, at least for now, temporarily, I've left the U.S. Why didn't you just go to Boise, Idaho? I could have, but I just, I felt like things were very unstable, um, and I didn't, you know, for me, I'm a city person, and I didn't, and I, I could have gone to, I guess, a more rural state and stayed in the city there. But I think um, I already had some connections to the UK. So I go there pretty frequently. Um, and a support system that was already here. I think that the last thing that would be uh, helpful for me would be to be isolated uh, mm-hmm. from people on top of the COVID stuff that all of us have been going through already. Are you surprised that Amazon is still featuring your book? 
A little bit. Um, I think um, Amazon, you know, I guess out of all the, you know, from the different big types, they're not the worst in that they don't cave right away, whereas Twitter, I would say, is probably the most egregious in that whenever there's a outrage mob in campaign, they immediately remove people. Facebook isn't far behind. Um, I'm thankful the book is still available uh, to order on Amazon and other sites. It was um, removed from uh, physical sales in Portland's largest bookstore called Powell's, but that was because these extremists have showed up outside of uh, the business for six days, causing it to shut down after safety reasons for two of them. Um, you know, some businesses, even if they don't necessarily agree with Antifa's message, they kind of just have to go along now because this is a a movement and organization that makes threats and too often makes good on those threats of violence and arson. What is the name of that store again in Portland? Powell's? Powell's yeah. Cool. So Powell's is under attack from the left for merely making your book available online. Yes, sir. Right. Okay. So they, they, you're from Portland. It is about an issue directly impacting Portland, and they won't sell it. They won't allow it in the store for fear of violence against their store from Antifa and other leftists. But at least they have it on on their website, and that is not even acceptable to Antifa. Your book is about Antifa. How did you do research? I did research by, well, so for the first time uh, that's been published uh, in this book, you readers will get a chance to look at some primary documents from somebody who actually went through the membership process for Rose City Antifa, which is the largest Antifa group in the U.S., and they're based in Portland. And you'll see that this is not merely a grassroots-led spontaneous left-wing protest movement. Uh, the, per- the process of joining the organization has a vetting process in addition to a radicalization process with extensive amounts of reading and literature and training, training how to fight, how to use firearms. So we are dealing with a homegrown domestic terrorist organization that is connected to many affinity groups and together, they organize and carry out acts of violence against either private citizens or the state. And that's why throughout months of 2020, cities like Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis and many others were on fire and torched to the ground. What is their end? Yeah, I, I, nobody is clear about that other than chaos, which is, I, I do believe, their their ultimate end. What do you understand it as? Because they've even started violent protests with Joe Biden as president. Correct. They've actually done a lot. So one misconception I try to uh, clear up in the book is that even though Democrats have coddled them because of a a shared mutual hatred in the previous administration and Trump, um, Antifa do not view the Democrat Party as allies. In fact, they view them as enemies, part of the same 
capitalist system that they're seeking to overthrow. And they use capitalism frequently synonymously with fascism, by the way. Um, their end goal is to abolish the United States and not just the destruction of the literal nation state, but also to completely delegitimize its founding ideals, ideals that are also form the basis of many other liberal democratic societies. So I know a lot of the violence looks very nihilistic in that it's destruction for the purpose of destruction. But if you actually read their literature and you talk to the extremists, they believe they're working towards a certain goal. And to a degree, they're having a lot of success. Um, Dennis, you may remember that last year for more than three weeks, they actually seized territory in a major American city in Seattle and created this chat and they created a hard border and declared it to be a sovereign area separate from the United States. And it was a literal no-go zone for police. Police, by a matter of unofficial policy, would not go inside there, even as people were calling for help every day in and day out, even though people were getting killed inside. The victims had to be carried outside the borders of this territory. And they also claimed territory in autonomous zone in Portland in December. Over the weekend on Sunday, this should be international news, by the way, Antifa in Olympia, Washington, in, in the capital of Washington State, actually uh, sieged a hotel, a red lion, and there were occupants inside there uh, who had to shelter in place in their room, in 40 rooms. So it became a hostage situation as well. And according to the statement by the city of Olympia, the staff who were assaulted at this red line witness these extremists bringing in knives, hatchets, and batons. Why did I not hear about this? Andy, I went to look up this, what had happened in Olympia this weekend. So I got this headline from a local website from a local station in Olympia, Washington. It's the capital of Washington, by the way, folks. Twelve arrested in Olympia after occupying Red Lion Hotel near state capital. The first sentence is, a homeless activist group forcibly occupied the Red Lion Hotel in Olympia Sunday, forcing employees and guests of the hotel to shelter in place, police said. So they're identifying them as a homeless activist group, not as Antifa. That's right. And this is what makes it so hard for people to understand the threat of the Antifa is that the media, even when it's um, the affiliation is obvious, they won't report it out. Um, and, but the most common thing is that they don't do any of the digging. Um, so I looked into this organization because it so-called organization because it just formed literally days ago. And the all the accounts on social media that were amplifying this uh, planned occupation of the uh, Red Lion Hotel were these Antifa accounts uh, within the same networks. And I looked at some of the people who I could identify as being part of calling for people to come and those who are in the area. Um, And I saw that, well, you look at who they actually are. These are Antifa extremists um, just rebranding themselves under a new name. And this is what I want people to take away from the book, is that 
to not get too fixed on what these militant organizations call themselves. It doesn't matter if they call themselves anti-fascist or housing rights advocacy group. If they are preaching for anarchist communism in the name of anti-fascism, that is an anti-fog group. And so uh, you look at that, and just to repeat what I said before the break, these extremists allegedly brought in hatchets, knives, and um, batons and assaulted the Red Line hotel staff as they seized it. This is something you would hear happening in Somalia, not America, but it happened, and it's not headline news, and we're not learning the true picture about who these extremists actually are. Will the, will the people who invaded this hotel, and I want people to understand two things. One, the terror that people would feel in a hotel with a violent mob attacking. Imagine you're a guest at a hotel, uh, which is sort of a sanctuary. And the, the other is that there has been no publicity given. We hear about January 6th every day, all day, and this I had never heard of, and I follow the news for a living. It is just one local state TV station's website that has reported it. Uh, unless I'm wrong, has it been nationally covered? No, it hasn't. And you bring up this issue, this perception about the threat of the far right is overblown because the legacy press only focus on one side of the extremists and not the other. So people don't know about what Antifa are doing. People don't believe me when I say, oh, so what happened on Capitol Hill? So those people did that day in and day out in my city last year and worse. They actually came with explosives. They came with power tools to try to cut down the barrier around the federal courthouse so that they could burn it down when the officers were inside there. They didn't believe me. This is what happened. I document this all in the book. This is contemporary, far left domestic terrorism. And it's not like this is unheard of in America. We've had now, going back to the 70s, many, many organizations and militant revolutionary leftists who have carried out targeted killings, robberies, um, bombings, etc. It's just that the media has now been so saturated by leftists that they obfuscate this history from um, our collective minds and history that is playing out as well, they don't report or they don't report fully. Your city of Portland had these incredibly violent riots for half a year. Has, uh, I don't know the answer to this, so I'm not, it's not provocative. I simply want to know, has anybody been arrested, tried, and convicted Convicted, uh, I know that there's been maybe literally a handful, like less than five out of a thousand cases who have taken some pleas, but their sentences have been things like probation. In terms of somebody sentenced to jail time for their acts of violence, extremism, no. And that's this other issue that I document in the book. It's not, it's, not just that the extremists are, that there are many of them in Antifa, it's that in some of these political left-wing monocultures, like Portland, like Seattle, the public have elected in prosecutors who will actually not prosecute 
left-wing extremists. So as soon as Portland's new district attorney came in last summer at the height of the right, he announced that it would be his office's policy to not prosecute felony riot charges because he, and he framed it as a matter of free speech. Antifa said that they're fighting for racial justice. So all these acts of extremism are being carried under the banner of things that sound noble, restorative justice, uh, social justice, so on and so forth. It's, I don't care what they call themselves. You look at their actions, they are burning down buildings. They're setting fires to buildings on people inside. They're bringing weapons like knives and guns and a homemade and sundry devices. They've killed people. They killed somebody in Portland this summer. They hunted down a Trump supporter and shot him point blank before fleeing a, a, um, to Washington State. This is what they're doing. It's terrorism directly in front of us. They're not even hiding it. It's being, lots of it is even being recorded on video. And yet people actually think that this is a good movement of anti-fascists fighting against the far right. All right. I want to find out. Uh, we're going to speak again soon. I want to remind everybody that this uh, true uh, hero of our time who's now fled this country, which will make you cry. His book is up at DennisPrager.com.